Our regular listeners are familiar with how important status is for a man's sexual market value. One way you can improve your status is by building wealth and financial independence. And a great way to begin down that path is by investing in the stock market. It's never been a better time for a retail investor with the advent of fractional shares and no brokerage fees for trades. Don't leave money on the table and use one of the several referral links in the description below. We both get bonuses through either free cash or stock, and that's money in your pocket and helps keep the channel going. Welcome to the show. You're here with Mike and Joe, and tonight we're going to go into Michael's story. So if you're, <laughs> we did some show prep, we've had some fun. Uh, so for those who are on our Discord community, hello, welcome. Uh, this is going to be interesting. So I guess first things first, let's go ahead and do a little quick recap of uh, some stuff that's happened this week. So as you can see in the background there, we got some stock little tickers. Tesla went to the moon. So they shot up and they cracked $2,000 a share. I, for one, am a huge, huge fan of the company. Not a fan of this price, but I, I, I'm, I'm fully on board with Kathy Woods of ARK Invest. So she thinks they can go to 4000 as a bear case or on the low end, realistically a bull case of uh, 7000 And I think Tesla can do it. I'm still waiting for a small pullback before I'll start investing with Tesla directly. Right now, I'm spreading my risk around with uh, all five of ARK's different ETFs. So uh, what else I, has gone on this week we kind of wanted to talk about? I think uh, from a from a Tesla standpoint, I think that company's really going to go absolutely insane once you get like solar panels yeah. on the roof uh, and that that business is taking off. Yeah, I think that's going to actually be bigger than the um, the the car business, the automobile manufacturing, actually. I think there's yep. a lot of potential yeah. there. Tesla Energy will be a bigger business than Tesla Automotive within, I think, the next decade. I think so. Uh, people don't realize that they are – Tesla is not a car company. Tesla is a technology company. Specifically right now, they're a robotics company. Their cars are robots. They're working on AI. They've got all the machine learning. They've got an order, several orders of magnitude more mileage data or data in general collected than all of the major auto manufacturers combined. So it's just insane. And I think next year or late next year, they are expecting to have, well, if you ask Elon Musk, he's saying they will be level four at the end of this year, which really means probably 2021, 2022, at which point they're going to launch their, uh, their autonomous uh, Tesla fleets of cabs. Yeah. So you're going to have an Uber I mean, or uh, Lyft equivalent of just self-driving Johnny cabs. Especially like awesome. in, in the COVID environment, like imagine not having a driver to worry about being exposed to and then yeah. ship shipping costs. Like if you can get an automated the companies have been trying to solve this for a long time. If you can actually make it safer and less costly by not paying a driver to drive cross, cross country, because, you know, it, that's a big, big drain on the economy is having to pay truckers from, you know, from a business cost standpoint, obviously yep. those people's livelihoods, you know, that's unfortunate that, that they're kind of, you know, going to be phased out but the reality is like that that is that is what the economy is designed to do is make it more efficient to to move stuff for instance and that's exactly what they're gonna well interesting to see that uh, i was watching one of the videos with kathy woods and she was quoting the national was it national transportation safety whatever it is the one NTSB, that, yeah. ntsb did an investigation of the tesla guy the driver that got killed when the car 
whatever happened. Mm-hmm. And the the actual investigation went in. They, they figured all what went wrong. One of the findings that was very, very kind of like under the radar is you're 40% less likely to die in a car accident if you drive in a Tesla. That's huge. So, yeah, I think they're going to be the wave of the future. They're eating everybody's lunch in the EV space. But this isn't going to just be the, the Tesla show. Okay, guys? I'm just kind of doing a quick recap of what all went down. Uh, I see the... Uh, Hey, plumber's here, and we are getting dabbed on, apparently. Yep. Comments are going nuts over here. So, anyways, yeah, as always, you guys know what to do. Smash that like button. It helps out with the YouTube algorithm. Hit the notification bell and uh, actually subscribe first, then hit the notification bell so you get all of our future videos. We are not just doing Red Pill University. We've got other stuff coming. We already have uh, Red Pill Women. That's kind of on hiatus right now. Uh, but we'll eventually revisit that. We're going to be doing something more financial motivated on uh, our finance channel show, probably on Mondays because money Mondays just, it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So what else has gone on this week? That's really noteworthy. The democratic and Republican national conventions. Just exactly. I don't think you can see it here. I got my Reagan t-shirt. Tons of rhetoric. Yeah. It says, uh, I smell hippies. Really? I think it's like, man, hippies are nothing nowadays. I think everybody should be concerned. Me personally, I think folks should be concerned about the uh, the whole Marxism stuff. That's some really diabolical stuff going on right now. But it's politics. It, it is what it is. Uh, yeah, the 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 DNC last week was kind of a snooze fest. Last night was was interesting. I didn't watch a whole ton of it. Yeah, it's I'm yeah we skipped it last night and it was just yeah it wasn't that good. Then I watched last night just because it was fresh in my mind. I wanted to see a comparison. And I was impressed. Uh, I think, uh, what's his name? Scott Dilbert, the guy who does, what's his name? Scott uh, Adams. He dissected the thing last night, and it's actually pretty good. If you go watch his insights, I should probably put a link down below, but just look up Scott Adams. He does this thing where he just kind of drones on over coffee, and he talks about the persuasion aspects of the, uh, the, the Republican National Convention and what they did right and how they just crushed it. Uh, the language that they used, the visuals, the message, they're way more persuasive than the DNC is. And it's, it's just it, it's really fascinating. Yes. I like these books like Robert Shidaldi. Yes. Uh, 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 Persuasion, Persuasion, all good books. Uh, he, he's really tuned into that stuff. I mean, let's call it what it is. Like it's they've got the money to dial in the marketing and the message. But it's at this point, it's all political propaganda on both sides. It really is. Oh, yeah. Yep. I was looking at Joe. I like not Biden. Uh, what's her name? Joe. I forget. Forget her last name. Jorgensen or something like that. The the uh, the libertarian candidate. Like the two A stuff is is near and dear to my heart. I was in the military. That's a grew up in the Midwest. I'm a gunny, even though I don't go shoot as often as I probably should. Yeah. I, w- I wish the libertarian party got a lot more um, exposure. Yeah. Candidly. Now, having said this, right now I am all in for Trump, and here's why. He released his policy platform for term two. And like a third bullet down is term limits for Congress. You sold me right there. If it, It's worth pulling the plunger and plugging your nose just for that, in my opinion. That's my two cents. That's where I'm at right now. Maybe things change between now and November. We'll see. Yeah, but term limits for Congress, that's, that's just awesome. That's a good point. Uh, definitely that needs to happen. So what else this week? I think we've kind of covered it. Yeah, I don't think there was anything else really noteworthy. Um, 
I think actually no, I I think the coronavirus stuff is already peaked. It's beginning to scale down quite a That's bit. Good. Um, it I mean obviously it depends on the area that you're in, but yeah, U.S. Uh, had a a peak in terms of the moving average for daily cases, I believe the new cases. Just you know, uh, you can fact check that. But last time I checked it, which I think was yesterday or the day before, uh, it's it's peaked and it started moving downward. Good. That's huge. Yeah. And if you want to talk politics too, it's like we just cracked 5 million people infected. And it's like that's only 55 million more to go to get what we had during swine flu. Oof. So it kind of puts it in perspective of just kind of how sensationalized the media has made this comparatively to other things we've had in the past. This is, I think, more virulent. So more people are going to catch it uh, if we didn't do the things we did. But at the same time, 5 million versus the 60, kind of, you got it's perspective. That's all it is. All right. So I think we're kind of ready to move in unless there's anybody's. I like what Plummer says here. COVID will still be a thing till Trump wins. I don't think it's going to matter who wins. I think it's just going to immediately lose its uh, its influence over the media once the election's over, as will all this other stuff going on in the media with uh, uh, these protests and riots. They all go away once they, they've lost their effectiveness. All right. I hope I hope so. I hope you're yeah. right. Yeah. All right. So today is all about Michael's story. So Let's the, quick this, caveat: no, oh. they're not. We're not talking about me. This is not my personal yeah. story. <laughs> uh, this is from an old sidebar. It's in the sidebar actually on Reddit, and yep. uh, I got the link down in the description. And go read it. The guy has serious issues. Very very blue pill to the core. He, it's actually a good article too from Dalrock. I'm glad he didn't delete his blog. Uh, but yeah, the comments really enlightening because a lot of people can identify with this because this is there's just a lot of affinity with how guys arrive at our community. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, the, the guy had issues. So here's a few of ex few example quotes. Uh, so he was hoping to marry and settle down. He had a very very blue pill upbringing, very religious. He wanted to find his one unicorn get married and have some kids. And that was it. But once he got to college, the same college that his parents met at, and they built it up in his head that this is, where we're going to go and find your wife. Mm -hmm. Well, women don't go to college for their miss, their missus degree anymore. Not like they used to. Uh, it's, it's a different world. Some and he do, found this, but... some do, but yeah, he, he found this out the hard way. So when women go to college, they're going to ride the carousel. They're going to have fun. They're, you know, their physical peak. And, he says right here, he was an observer, but he didn't participate. It's just, he was so blue pill. He wouldn't, he just couldn't allow himself to do it. He couldn't give himself permission. Well, this guy and is, is coming from a religious background. And let's be honest, like uh, one or two generations ago, that was a very viable strategy of how you met your significant other is what you, yeah. you made them in college. We did a video. Uh, we had that. We'd made a note about that in a previous video. Yeah, there was a chart that shows, yep. you know, how you meet people now. And now it's all like online. Yeah. It's it's the world has completely changed. So he goes to college. All the girls are hooking up and he's not getting any because he won't give himself permission to. As a result, he never enjoyed the benefits. He rarely dated and instead was sneered at. He was ostracized because he was kind of just stuffy. He's just old fashioned. So again, denial and anger phase. He's, you know, the vast majority of the girls were uh, vigorously pursued, pursuing, you know, hookup culture. Uh, they had sex with a large variety of guys. 
what he calls lily padding, we would now call uh, either branch swinging if they're in a relationship or, uh, or carousel riding if they weren't. It's all the same thing. It's just hookup culture largely. Mm-hmm. So they do anything for, uh, yeah, they, they have fun. They go from guy to guy. That's just the way it is in college. Some guys can do that. Not all. Usually it's those top five, 10 percenters. Some guys can do what? Just they can clarify. do what the women do in terms of uh, hookup culture. Oh, yeah. Like most guys are going to be completely locked out of that. And a few guys are going to hook up with like the lion's share of the girls. It's going to be your college athletes, guys with sky high status. It's the chads, you know, so, so, you know, so to speak. Yeah, it's the, the sexual marketplace at work is what you're talking about. Exactly. We've talked but, about that before. And many times. And the, the main takeaway from these slides right here is that this guy was like hyper blue pill, just very, very old fashioned. And a lot of guys that arrive at this community were raised the same way. They get out into the world. They experience the sexual marketplace for themselves. And they realize that what they were raised to believe they would get as far as uh, the benefits and rewards for following the blue pill script does not absolutely does not apply at all does not meet reality yeah just kind of the the roadmap that they've been given is is just yeah. it takes them to a place that doesn't exist essentially for the from for the vast majority of the guys yeah. and then you actually had some notes that you texted me earlier i'm gonna see if i can bring those up right quick because it was kind of it touched on this as well and i can't oh, wait there it is yeah. um the outcome independence he lacks it he has no abundance he has no he, he never even started, you know, yeah, he started so, with zero. It's hard to have abundance when you're, when you're going into a situation like, you know, rhinestone talks about like, you, you cannot be pursuing a relationship as a guy. Generally speaking, it's a bad, bad look. You know, you gotta be open to a relationship. Um, and, and the reason why is all the things we've talked about. It's like, you know, women will keep guys on the back burner for, you know, by default and have the, the pluralistic strategy. Yeah, they, we call them orbiters. Um, really, a lot of these guys are just in case of emergency, break glass for dick or break glass for a relationship or break glass for dinner date or break glass for a guy to drive me around town because I my car's in the shop. Guys get put into the back burner for a variety of different reasons. Yeah, and it, it goes back to your, your point about outcome independence. Like this guy was clearly going into his college experience with a specific expectation in, in mind, yep. right? Is to go find, uh, you know, one special girl that he could connect with. And that did, it just didn't end up happening. Um, Which we have right here. You know, he remembers how much it hurt. He had one itis for a girl and she rejected him. And yeah, it's, I think everybody's been there at least once in their life where you see a girl you're really interested in and then it just, you get rejected, but then there's more. You sorry, I think I cut you off. Sorry about that. No, no, I, I was just saying it's it's a classic case of mis, uh, mismatched expectations, right? Yeah, yeah, and his expectations are wildly out of sync with reality. Mm-hmm. So he has one itis. He's got his uh, his sight set on this one girl. He says right here, we had a lot in common with two L's, and he pursued her like the complete gentleman. There's your fedora tip, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he eventually got turned down, and the same weekend, she's getting her back blown out by some other dude in the room next door. Yeah, just, it, it happens. Yeah, 
Totally. So, yeah, the guy who lived there was a super scraggly, unattractive, heavy drug user covered in tats, majoring in music studies. Going ah, places. a musician. There you go. One place. So we've talked about this before, too. Like, when women see status in these younger guys and they're, they don't have the life experience just yet, one of my observations was that they're not attracted to their current status, it's the perceived potential status. So your guys are sometimes it, is. sometimes it isn't. Yeah. Sometimes it's just like, hey, you got up on stage on a Saturday night with your little punk rock band and exactly got, like the garage bands, the wannabe DJs, the wannabe this, the wannabe that. And you got some attention on you. And that yep. that gives you status in that particular situation. So Yeah. A hired DJ at a house party is gonna have some of the highest status in the in the house party. If he's good, yeah. <laughs> he, well, yeah, because a lot of the girls are going to go to him because they want to get their songs played. He's that uh, that 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 barrier to uh, getting what he's they want. Yeah, he's the gatekeeper of of he's, the he's music the that they want to hear. Yeah, I think we kind of just stumbled onto an actual concept right here that women are attracted to gatekeepers. If you think about it in that sense, men are the gatekeepers to relationships. Men are the gatekeepers to a variety of things. A commitment, yeah. Commitment and real, yeah, like we just, yeah. So we talked about this before, but mm-hmm. I think this is something we should probably talk about a little bit more. Well, it's pretty. I and, mean, it's pretty. It's pretty straightforward. Like, what is the ability to to you know have the keys to that that particular that unlock that particular thing? That's power, straight mm-hmm. up. You have power. Yep, and there, yeah, power is awesome. It's a great status uh, tool. We see this in well, what was his name? It can be abused or misused, but still, it doesn't mean that women won't be attracted to it. But it, it goes it? straight to the status piece is why do you have status? Yeah. And we talked about it's something you are, something you have. And what was the third one? Something you do. Something you do. Yeah. So if you have power, I mean, you legitimately have actual power of you want to, you want me to play a song for you? I'm the DJ at this party. I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I, I'm not going to play that or stick around. Maybe I will. Or maybe I'll get to it. It's something um, that he's doing in that scenario. Something yeah. that he has, he he has that power to be able to hit the play button. He's got it. Yes, but it's the in the in that context, it's something yeah. you do. What he does something. is he's the DJ. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, or are something you do, something you are. So there's a lot of a lot of overlap. Yeah. Right. Uh, where were we at here? Okay, the, so he's pissed off. The, the, go ahead. The difference in expectations. Yes, that's that's, that's what this is. So the plight of the blue pill worldview. As the years pass, the same thing happens to this guy over and over again. We get it. And it, same general consistent kind of results. He's looking for a girlfriend or a wife. He wants to wife somebody up. And he's constantly getting friend zoned or, or just rejected. And the girls are going out and they're hooking up with somebody. Okay. So he gets into an LTR or he's looking for an LTR. He would meet and trade numbers, talk feels that she's a good person and the same thing happens. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and again, like I said, this, he's coming from an extreme, uh, uh, I just went blank on the opposite of abundance, the, uh, scarcity mentality. Scarcity. Yep. Mm-hmm. So as time, now this is where things get interesting. So as time goes on, he's labeled the husband material by girls on his campus. And that plagues him until his twenties without getting any. Yeah. So, zero dates oh yeah we've talked about this before and it's, it's kind of an accepted thing in the community where i think everybody's seen this now where women will put you into different buckets based on what vibe you're throwing out if you're throwing out boyfriend slash husband vibes 
they're going to put you in that uh, on the back burner until they're ready for a boyfriend or husband. If you're throwing out Chad, you know, player vibes, then they're more likely to hook up with you. So the more you project that you want to date and be in a, and do a serious relationship thing, or that you are dating. Like, well, well, there's that, but yeah. women are way more likely to hook up with you very quickly if you're not putting out boyfriend vibes, which he was. This is why he wasn't getting any success, any abundance. If you're in college, if you're in a uh, in a situation, or uh, it's mm-hmm. tough to do that right now, but if you're in a social situation or a just an area of your life, maybe you're in the military and you're in dorms, mm-hmm. you got to play to your shrinks. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. Yeah, don't limit your options based on preconceived notions. Yeah, this uh, this really underscores your your point earlier about uh, the scarcity. Is this guy su- super needy? Yeah, super super needy. Unfortunately, and that's just it's so counterintuitive. Like you're not going to get people don't want to be around needy people. Like least of all women. Hmm. I don't think it's a gendered thing. I think it's just everybody. No one wants to be around someone that's of of value suck. Yeah, it takes all the energy out of the room. No. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see here. Party guy. Oh, so here we go. So party guys, flash and pan athletes, loser guys in bands, DJs, <laughs> club promoters. You're, you also, one that he didn't put in here you'll see too is uh, uh, bouncers, general managers of clubs in the nightlife industry. The, the highest status guys in, the, uh, in, in, in a venue are going to be your bouncers, bartenders, and the guy running the show. Yeah, I was going to say bartender. Yeah. They have the ultimate control over whether or not you get, whether or not you get the next drink. So basically, the more of a loser the guy was, the, what he perceives as a loser, the yeah. more the women would have sex with them. Hot sorority girls flocked to the football players, blah, blah, blah. Well, why is this? Right here, three, the three bullets out here. Uh, so status, looks, or slash fitness, and hypergamy. So mm-hmm. status, we've done a whole, we've done several episodes now on this. Go watch them. Uh, improve it as much as you possibly can. Something you are, something you have, something you do. Yeah, look, if you're not, yeah. uh, last one, hypergamy, women want the best option. If you're not generating feels, if you're not generating really ex- mm-hmm. the exciting feelings and and giving them that, if you're not being provocative, right? And if you don't have any mm-hmm. frame at all, and if you have zero game, those are all wrapped up into that last bullet point of like, what are you bringing to the table, essentially? Yep. And then this, look, this uh, middle one right here, looks and fitness, this goes back to uh, one of the things you texted me earlier. Improve what you can, minimize what you cannot. Mm-hmm. You know, not everybody gets to be an astronaut. Not everybody's going to be six foot four. Who cares? Deal with what you can. So there's no reason you can't go put on 20 pounds of muscle in uh, two years. And yeah. if you're a newbie, you're going to get probably that in one year if you work out consistently and eat right. You can eat get right. the newbie gains. Yeah. yeah. yeah you can no, absolutely but- do 12 to 20 pounds in a year of newbie newbie gains. It's 100%. And, and, yeah. Understanding what you can and cannot control is is key here. Um, you know, talking about the what we you know texted back and forth before the show. I think it it goes to your outcome independence, right? Is if you can ex- truly accept that, like, hey man, I can't I can't control whether anybody else wants to hang out with me, but I can control whether I have a good time. And there's bound to be there's bound to be some people that relate to you if you're if you're a person that's worth being around, right? So, and yeah, the main takeaway right here is that these girls were ex- ignoring this guy because he didn't bother to improve himself. He went in with way too high of expectations. 
He had a, a blue pill upbringing. And then when he sees these women having hooking up with these other guys that, like I said, he perceives as being losers mm-hmm. that no, our perception is not reality in that context. How we perceive guys isn't how women perceive guys. It goes back to what we were talking about a little bit ago where their perception is reality. And that's true of anything. Their perception in this case is that these guys are way higher status on the socioeconomic ladder, uh, way better looking than maybe he was or taller or more fit, what have you. So, yeah, again, hypergamy doesn't care. Uh, and for those that don't know, Briffold's Law, we got videos on that. Go watch it. Uh, and there's this old saying, it's just your turn. Mm-hmm. So we don't own women. You know, you can only be her number one for maybe it's forever. Maybe it's not. But it's just your turn. Don't get butthurt if someone dumps you because you let yourself go. That's on yeah, you. The statistics aren't with you if you're expecting to be with, with one person for the rest of your life. It's just not. And Yeah. We're getting to that in just a second. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think I went back. Nope. That's right. All right. So now he's 32, successful. Women are hitting on him. Uh, again, the matrix reveals itself. Mm-hmm. In his mind, these are the same women who rejected him. Again, this is all in his head. So he's not interested, and here's that religious upbringing. The Bible says, you know, to the effect, don't forsake the wife of your youth. Mm-hmm. Now, this is actually something that's kind of important, and uh, we're, we're just now kind of starting to understand. And I kind of talked about this right here in the bullet. The dating paradigm flip-flops as we age, and it really becomes evident in our mid to late 30s. Now that I'm in my early 40s, I have never had more options in my life. Regularly matching with women in their teens and early twenties on these dating apps. <laughs> I've made some mistakes here and there, but yeah, I, I, I just set my age from 18 to 25 and I'm getting multiple matches a week. There you go. That I wasn't getting a few years ago. Nothing changed except for how they're perceiving me. That's it. And maybe I got a little better shape, but the pictures didn't change. Yeah. You've been, you've been lifting. Let's be honest. Like <laughs> I, I, okay. I did update the pictures once. Yeah, yeah. 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 You've been, you've been lifting, but no, it's uh, it. Look, you, you are much more successful. Imagine like how yeah. much more are you making than you were 10 years ago? I mean, for oh me, it's God. more than twice as much. Um, it's insane. I don't think about it. It's a tough one, right? I know after 2012 happened, there was that sequestration and then I was out of work for six months. I took the first job I could get in 2013. Mm-hmm. I got lowballed. So, but yeah, where I was at before to com- where, compared to where I'm at now, probably, maybe 50, probably about 50% gain. Yeah, that's huge. Off. It's nine day. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it is true. But anyways, getting back to the slides here. So we got, uh, so yeah, the paradigm flips as we get older. He's again, getting into some uh, nuggets of truth here. So why do the women not at least give him a few years of their youth so that he would have time to fall. Read what he says, because this is actually important for long-term like longitudinal studies. There's now coming out. Men are ideally, you're going to get way more uh, relationship satisfaction. If you are, this is strictly for guys who are getting married. All right. Or doing super long-term relationships. Hmm. We're talking like long-term monogamous relationships of 30 to 50 years. Those that met their women in their prime, 18 to 25, the guys that do that are way more likely to be satisfied once they've crossed the Rubicon of 30, 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. Why is that? It's like he just talked about the whole Bible quote. Whenever you see the women when they're naked in their youth, 
it locks into your brain of what they look like. So those kind of like become this mental uh, spank bank material when you're in old age. That's what it comes down to. So it's just, it's really funny that what he was getting at from a butthurt mentality, he actually kind of stumbled onto a natural truth that we're finally realizing just now today. Mm-hmm. I just, I find that part interesting. But no, yeah, especially it, especially yeah. if you're going to get married and like, let's, yeah. let's be honest for most guys, this is still the goal is yeah. to find one person. For many, right. it is. Now, nowadays, it might have changed now that our material is starting to kind of go mainstream. But uh, I think a lot more guys are more cautious of getting married. They're way more likely to play the field. We're creating uh, mm-hmm. more more chads, I guess. More guys are, are aware of what's going on, and they're, they're more willing to improve themselves so they don't fall into the, the pitfalls like guys like I did 10 years ago mm-hmm. or 15 years ago, 18 years ago. Jesus, 20 years ago getting old but yeah the point being here is uh yeah so for women watching this if you're young 18 to 25 and you want to get married you should be getting married 18 to 25 don't wait uh because again this is like what we're talking about in just a minute here with the end count stuff this is important for men that they marry the women when they're young and hot and fertile we're gonna get into what it's good for women in just a second Right. Yeah, the, the traditional yeah. advice is don't get married. It yeah, don't get married unless you've got some sort of ironclad prenup, and those have risks too. Or what I mean by traditional is the traditional yeah. red pill advice, right? Oh yeah. So uh, then they'll get the truth that he kind of stumbles onto. Mm-hmm. At thirty plus, women's physical appearance has nowhere to go but down. That is true. Women age, men age like fine wine. Women age like milk. Mm-hmm. That's not my quote. I didn't invent it. <laughs> I'm just saying that that's kind of the the gist of it. You look at guys like uh, Sean Connery. Many women thought he was hot until he was in his seventies. You know, yeah. look at uh, what's the guy? Uh, he played Remington Steele and, and James Bond. I went blank on his name. Uh, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. What he's got to be in his sixties by now. He was just like one of the articles are like, "Oh my god, this guy is so hot!" It's like he's like your grandpa's age now, but they're nineteen to twenty five, and they still find this dude hot. Uh, yeah. So he's a ten percenter. You know, it's not everybody's going to have that kind of luxury of good looks way late in life. And a lot of that's going to be informed by his status. He is a celebrity rich actor and all that. Yeah. And before, before we get, you know, brigaded in the comments or here, people take issue with this. Like, look, of course there's going to be exceptions, but the exception, the exceptions kind of prove the rule mm. of it. Nowadays, it's so difficult. It's so difficult for women to have, like go on, go on Reddit, like women that are, you know, 30 plus, especially if they have a kid or if they have, you know, they're, their ex issues or whatever it is, they're they're having a really hard time finding good options for dating. And I know this is anecdotal, but as Joe just said, he's got more options than ever. Yep. So and as the second bullet right here makes, it's as a 30 plus unmarried woman has a very high chance of having a questionable past and a lot of baggage. Mm-hmm. And my dating experience absolutely bears this out. So he believes the more a, men a woman has been with, the less likely she is to be emotionally committed to each subsequent one, subsequent one. And lo and behold, the research does support this. Mm-hmm. There's the uh, Heritage Foundation and the teaching study. I got the link right here. The links down below. Here's the image. This is women's end count correlated to their divorce risk. Correlation isn't causation, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So the one partner, virgin bride, you've got a 75% chance of, of staying married. Uh, 
So if you're an absolute virgin when you first when you get together, uh, 80% chance that you guys stay married over 10 years. So if they've got uh, what's on the outside here, 21 or more, yeah, 20% chance you guys stay married. So four out of five people will end four out of five couples will end up divorced by 10 years out if she's had 21 or more partners. So yeah. it's interesting that it, there's a, like the slight dip at three and then it bumps up at four. Uh, you see the difference that five has. That's a, a big drop. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just a lot of partners are not good for a women's long-term relationship satisfaction. This is what I was talking about earlier for women. If you want to stay, uh, have a, a long-term relationship, like I'm talking about you get married, you have kids, that's it. That's the only person for you. Ideally, that person, you should be a virgin when you meet them. The, the chart is what it, it shows it right there in black and white or black, white, and gray. So, yeah, the correlation is pretty consistent. And it makes sense if you think about it. It's like if, if they've had a lot of partners, they're, they're always going to think in the back of my mind, like, did I did I get the best option that's that's available out there? Is there somebody else out there that's, that's a better fit for me? Well, it's, an- it, it, there's that. It's that grass is greener kind of thing where you're wondering. But now not only are you wondering, you've got this whole highlight reel of other guys in the past that you can now compare them to. Yes. So, And that's one of the things I think a lot of guys kind of didn't realize or a lot of people in general. With women that have a lot of uh, sexual history, you're not competing against the number one guy. You're or their general like, okay, the one guy might have been great at one thing, bad at another. Another guy might have been great at one thing, bad at another, and so on and so forth. The problem is, is you're competing against all of them as their highlight reel. Oh man, yeah, you are you are actually competing against the aggregate of all of their highest their expectations. Best. Exactly. So it raises people's expectations to a ridiculous level. And as this chart demonstrates, the more experience they got, the more likely they are to have uh, relationship satisfaction. That is going to, and we know that women initiate was like 70 something percent of the divorces. So you put two and two together. There you go. All right. I think we're ready to move on. Anything left on the, on the subject? No, the one thing I, that you hit on at the end, I like there is that you, you'll, you'll frequently hear women say like, Oh, well, you know, so-and-so was, I really like this about this one boyfriend I had. I really like this other thing about this other boyfriend I had. If I can find a guy that just kind of has both those things, then I'd be happy. Yep. Right. And the ex- it's it's expectation creep. And then all of a sudden you find yourself in a position where you've waited long enough that those guys have better options. Those guys that have all those qualities that you want, they have better options. Yeah. So now they're dating your younger sister or your daughter. Yeah. It doesn't, yep. you know, it doesn't make me, uh, doesn't make me happy to say that, but that's just that 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 has proven out in a lot of cases. Yes. Uh, the other thought there was, and I'm, I'm about to lose my train of thought. It was the, um, and it's gone. Oh well, maybe I'll it'll, remember it'll later. Back. That's fine. All right. Uh, so yeah, so the guy he never leaves the anger phase. You know, he he has the uh, the denial stuff. He, he goes into that. He immediately transitions into the anger phase. You can kind of see it in his writings. If you guys should go read the article, he's got other issues going on too, but that, that's just, yeah. The gist of it is, so he, he even says it right here, the way he sees it, he's got three choices. Marry a woman who's post-wall, has a bunch of experience that he may never live up to. 
marry a woman in her 20s, early 20s, uh, who's probably still already riding the carousel and is, have, is going to still have uh, experiences and expectations that he may not live up to, mm-hmm. or be single and enjoy his money. Well, as our private members know over on Discord, speaking of Discord, if you guys haven't been over there yet, links down in the description. We also have our own fraternal organization, uh, which you can join. Five bucks a month. We do uh, monthly coaching calls, or actually pretty much daily or weekly coaching calls. But we have dedicated days during the month where we do mentoring. We do uh, uh, we, we lay down uh, commentary tracks for different movies from a this kind of perspective where we kind of call out some of the BS, some of the stuff that's not real. Or if there's actual things we can learn from and integrate into our daily lives, then we'll call those out as well. Yeah, we explore and, a lot of ideas. We have a yeah. lot of question and answer sessions on like, hey, what's going on with you? And, you know, just trading advice and notes. And it's not just us weighing in on that stuff. It's other guys that have experience too. Yep. And we're going to kind of talk about one of those things that happened just today. So, yeah. yeah. So anyways, as the, the guys here all know, these three options right here are not your only options. You talked mm-hmm. about the fourth one right there earlier before we started, Mike. Yeah. Number one is uh, number one and two are you can get married to a older woman. You can get married to a younger woman. Or number three is just the MGTOW options. Be single, yeah. enjoy your money and just do whatever you want. And you know, go travel by yourself to India or, you know, hike in the Himalayas, whatever you want to do. Uh, the fourth option though, is like the, the Dan Bilzerian option is do number three, but also, you know, yeah. date younger women is be single, enjoy your money and enjoy younger women, hmm. but don't commit to them. That's, that's the other option. And that's the Jody option, but that's a very controversial statement to say that like guys have the freedom to do that. Right. And it's not, it's not socially acceptable. Meanwhile, totally okay for women to do that well i think it's acceptable now that guys do it well it no you're right people are going to still denigrate guys who do it they're going to call them peter pans or whatever but mm-hmm. you know what they can pound sand so i'm not worried about it and guys you know what we do hit the wall too uh it's just it's much later in life mm-hmm. where it's at's going to vary from guy to guy just like the wall varies for women from woman to woman generally for women it's going to be in their 30s uh, maybe late thirties. It just depends on genetics and how well they take care of themselves for guys. It's the same thing. How well you take care of yourselves and genetics, but it also is going to happen much later in life. So anyways, yeah. if you're in decent yeah. physical shape, especially. Yeah. And it, yeah, I, I'm not going to blame your point. All right. So, and yeah, you touched on MGTOWs just a second ago, and this is where uh, Aaron Cleary got into trouble a while back too. Cause I'm going to critique the same thing. Guys who go MGTOW, who do it because they see others doing it, and they're just scared of failure, rejection, what have you, you're punks. You don't know what you're doing. You're you're jumping the gun. Go out there, live life, get the experience. If you arrive at a point in your life where you realize, you know what, the juice isn't worth the squeeze, uh, you've got bad experiences, you're just, it's not worth it to you, then that's fine. It's understandable. But if you're doing so, before you've gotten to that stage, before you have that experience, you're, you're just, you're pussying out. Buck up, go out, get the experience, then decide. That's my only two cents on that. All right, moving on. <laughs> so, bro tip number four. Uh, moderate, moderation's the key, or you'll end up like D, or you'll end up like me. So, this story... Neither one of these are me, by the way. All right. Right. 
So I'll tell you a little story. So way back when in 1998, it was New Year's Eve. We went all the way up to uh, Edinburgh, Scotland for Hogmanay. For those that don't know, Hogmanay is like New York uh, City, Times Square, New Year's Eve, but for a week straight. And what we didn't know when we went up there is that you have to have these little wristbands. You're supposed to buy in advance to get into the city center. Well, we didn't know this. So we get up there and lo and behold, we find out ahead of time that you need these wristbands. So what we did was we figured out, go into the city and just stay. Because if you go home back to the bed and breakfast and you try to go back into the city after a certain time, that's when they're going to search you. Mm-hmm. So we went down the Rose Street. We found a little bar, a pub. And we went in there, I don't know, it must have been around two when we finally sat down and we got hammered. My last memory was around 6 p.m. And what ended up happening was earlier on in the afternoon uh, or earlier evening, we met this South African lawyer and his model girlfriend or wife. And she was like blonde, big boobs, hot as hell. And this guy must have been in his early 30s. He's like, oh, Yanks, Americans. Hey, you guys are all cool. And we just, he brought us into the group. There was like maybe six of us, him and his girlfriend or wife, and I think two of his friends. Well, anyways, long story short, we've been drinking since like noon. We get there. We'd already been drinking for maybe an hour or so. Uh, so, yeah, it's just long story short, we start getting served pitchers of vodka and Red Bull. Pitchers each. So, oh boy. yeah, man, we got hammered. So, anyways, my last memory that night was around 6 p.m. And at some point, somebody snuck out and they brought back a McDonald's for us and shoved one in my face. And then the next thing I know, where it's like they're they're dragging us all out into the street for uh, the fireworks. And they're popping champagne. I'm getting soaked. Everybody's having a good time. I can't remember any of this. My next memory, it's about two in the morning, maybe three. And I had this uh, uh, Irish girl making out with her sitting in my lap. And I snap out of it all of a sudden. I'm like, who are you? And she got all pissed off, obviously. So she's like, fuck you, pushes off me, and they all run out, right? And my whole group of friends are just laughing their asses off at this all happening. I bet. But the next day and the day after that, man, oh, man, I was hurting. And that's where I came up with this little quote, uh, this little nugget of wisdom on the ride back eight hours in the car with six of us in this car made for like four. It was a mess. I was a mess. And, yeah, moderation is the key. Well, now – I'm not just telling you this story for a reason, all right? Moderate your drinking, especially when you're in that learning phase, trying to build confidence. Confidence builds confidence. But when you're out there building confidence, stick to a two-drink limit, all right? When you go to the bars, go to the clubs. You don't want to get sloppy drunk because you're going to forget stuff. You're going to be uncalibrated. You want to get the results in a purposeful manner. You do that by keeping your uh, wits about you. Oh, man, there's Moderate- so many downsides. I'm, yeah. I've been as guilty of this as anybody. Uh, yeah. If you go back and watch some of the early videos, like totally drank more than I should have. But um, when, you, when you realize you get to a certain point and you realize that like, that's it's, it's totally not in line with your authentic self and who you are, uh, yeah. your, your behaviors when you're drinking. And, and really it's not my, my little takeaway here on this, this tip is don't get stuck on shame. Don't get stuck on being ashamed of your behavior. Like everybody's made bad choices in their life one way or another. Maybe you've done that around drinking, maybe not. But the reality is like learn to learn to, 
dislike how did how did it is how did it is written put it on his article about kicking your bad habits i think he said something along the lines of um don't hate yourself hate your bad behaviors like just dislike your bad behaviors you made poor choices yeah. just dislike own your that. shit yeah just own that behavior dislike it and figure out a way to move on yep all right speaking of moving on uh moderate your social media and dating app usage don't go full unga boonga or you can find yourself banned. All right. I love this. Yeah. So this happened to one of our guys today. So he yep. went a little too hardcore on uh, on Tinder and found out where the line was the hard way. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, so I think we can, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can head back to the comments here. Is there anything mm -hmm. we need to catch up on here? Oh, my goodness. There's a lot of comments. Let me see. We got any good ones. There's, there are some good ones, actually. I, I can pick a couple out here. Um, ah, small wall. Damn, I thought it was actually Mike. No, that's not my life story. That's uh, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. I, mine's crazier than that. Uh, I I actually worked through college. I didn't have an expectation of meeting anybody. Um, but yeah, it's you know, my my story's crazier than that. But I I don't I don't recommend going into uh college or any other experience with that expectation in mind of like, Oh, I'm going to find the, the person that's right for me. Which one are you on right now? Cause I'm actually not uh, following. Uh, let's see. I am scroll past all the Oonga Boongas and I, I love the name though. Spiritual no fapper. Yeah. Uh, what's popping? Not much. Just doing the, the weekly stream. Let's see. The plumber speaks red slash blue dichotomy all different versions of collectivism we need a party that is for people and liberty and not the nutty libertarians like yeah it's couldn't have said it better myself like we individual liberty what well, here's what people get wrong about individual liberty in this country it's not something that's given to you it is self-evident it is preordained you have it your freedom is yours nobody can give it to you it's already yours and once you understand that and this tracks to what we talked about in, in tonight is figure out what you can and can't control, right? Like certainly there are power structures in place. Certainly people have power over you. The government has power over all of us, right? That type of thing. But your freedoms are innate. Kind of follow up on this as well. So one of the parties that I really like that I'm, I'm sad is not getting more due is the Constitutionalist Party. They kind of talk about it's just it just keeps – gets rid of all the scope creep that the government has kind of developed over the last 240 years, 43 years, 44 years. Jesus time's flying. Yeah. And uh, what you're talking about with the Liberty where it's all self-evident, the government, the constitution in particular doesn't give you rights. It restricts what the government can do. Mm -hmm. That's it's a, it's a reframe that a lot of people forget. They think that the constitution gives you your rights. It's the opposite. You have all of these rights naturally, like Mike just said. The government or the constitution restricts the government from what it can and can't do, delineates rights between the Fed and the states. So, good example of this, which I've talked about before, kind of hinted at earlier on. Everybody has the natural right to self preservation. If someone tries to kill you, you hold Malcolm Reynolds. If someone tries to kill you, you try and kill him right back. You have the absolute right to defend yourself. But a lot of these states, the Fed, they have kind of inter intervened with that a little bit by putting restrictions on what you can and can't do. This is why I think it's a very not a good thing when 
they restrict how you can defend yourself or what they set a framework of what you can and can't do. So if someone's trying to come at you and try to kill you in your house, some states say, nope, you got to try and leave before you can actually defend yourself. You have to flee at some, you know, to some extent. Yeah. yeah. You have, it's the man, it's the, uh, oh, what's the thing called? It's, it's the, uh, someone posted in the comments what it's called. I, I forget the name. It's the, what's the opposite duty of the cat? Duty to retreat. It's the opposite the of stand your ground. It's the opposite duty to of retreat. the castle doctrine, stand your ground type stuff. Yeah. I, I absolutely love the castle doctrine. This is like those couple that uh, was in St. Louis. When those guys, people were all shouting and causing a ruckus, saying they're going to rape and kill them and burn their house down. The guy went out with his fucking uh, AK, and she came out with a pistol, and you're like, oh, no, you won't. What an and idiotic. everybody framed them like the bad guys. Well, that was that was it was a stupid move in my opinion, but yeah, but, it was bad it, weapons training and bad gun safety but, for sure. The, but the, re, the reality is, yeah. like pro- property rights exist for a reason, guys. Come on, yeah. Like if it, it, it I don't, I, I don't want to go too far. Yeah. I, I actually yeah. prefer philosophy to politics, so I don't like it. I don't like getting into that stuff as much as Joe does. But clearly, like that was a a bad exercise of of judgment on their part. I would agree, but I would also want to emphasize that their house didn't get burned down. They didn't get killed or they didn't get raped versus all the other places where people aren't arming themselves and bad shit is happening. Do with that with what you will. Yeah. Anyways, that's true. I mean, if you don't, if you don't have any capability to enforce your boundaries, then you know, what yeah. are you doing? Shit, dude, the, uh, one of the rooftop Koreans all grown up. He just slapped down California's magazine ban. I love it. Did he really? Yeah, he got he was one of Trump's appointees to the Fed, uh, the Ninth Circuit, I believe. That's awesome. And he's like, "Nope, knock that shit down." That's awesome. It's it's hilarious. I think it's awesome. Yeah. All right, getting back to the comments. Another one. Uh, actually, okay, this is an interesting one from the plumber. Michael's story doesn't apply anymore. Not since the implementation of no fault divorce and giving women total control over relationships. I I would disagree in the sense that guys still have these mismatched expectations. And maybe, you know, maybe it's not the story exactly as it's told here, but it's it's just a it's a parable, right? It's it's not meant to be directly one to one applied to anybody's life because it's it probably doesn't apply in every every respect. Um, but I think what you're trying to say here is that, you know, women, women are going to continue doing this because they have no incentive not to. Well, my take from that was that he's saying that because women have no fault divorce and all all the other stuff that's happening with that, that it doesn't really apply the whole notion of what Michael's story was getting at. And I'm, I'm with you, Mike, that it's, it is kind of really not, it's a non sequitur because his perception, the way he was raised, it doesn't matter what the laws are. He was still going to think that way, even though, uh, Actually, read the comment here. Michael's story doesn't apply anymore, not since the implementation of no-fault divorce and giving women total control over over relationships. But it does apply because it's what guys are raised to believe. It's what they're raised to think. Even though the reality on the ground, you're absolutely right, Plumber, it doesn't apply. But it's that perception that guys have thinking that their old ways, the old guard way of doing relationships is still in play when we know it's not by and large. So in the case, it's... Both Mike and the plumber are right. <laughs> yeah. I'm usually in agreement with them. All right. Uh, um, let's see. Next one from the plumber. Do you want to read this one? Yep. So it seems like every girl has a quote unquote boyfriend or one that they hang out with, but they always leave their options open. Think about that. 
when you think she's going to commit to you. Oh man, this is a really hard pill to swallow for a lot of guys. Yeah, women have this is where orbiters come into play. If a woman has a lot of orbiters, you're not her. Yeah, you're just there. You're a placeholder in a sense in a lot of cases. Totally. This is where women keep a lot of guys. I said it earlier in the show, you know, they keep guys in, on the back burner for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. Some it could be to hook up with if you and the, if her and the main guy break up, maybe one guy, she just taps for attention and validation. Like you've talked about mm-hmm. uh, one. Of the, so I've had experience with this myself when women have a lot of guy friends, huge red flag. Don't wife them up. Don't take them seriously for long-term relationships. The amount of red flags, it's just a lot of baggage. The main thing to take away from this is that if you're in a relationship, you should be the number one guy on their brain, generally speaking. And this is kind of how you can tell when women are getting into trouble at work with the work husband or Mm -hmm. are going to brain swing with you to somebody at work. When they start talking about other guys at random times when you guys are together alone in private, maybe you're watching TV, she's cooking dinner. Man, did I tell you about what Mike did at work today? And then a few days later, I can't believe Mike said this. I can't believe Mike did that. Blah, blah, it, blah. You get the idea. The, the exception is if you know people, if, if you both know people, right? Like if you're in a relationship and, you know, my wife and I go to the same gym and we know all the same people. And so, oh, so-and-so said this. Like that's not. That's, that, that's not, different. I'm talking yeah. about when it's a one-off where they spend a lot of time together and she's got another man on the brain it's, when she it, really shouldn't. It's not when you're around and has nothing to do with you. Yeah. And that's a separate relationship. That's, mm, that's not good. I was, it was funny when you said that I had to think back and I was like, did my wife have a bunch of guy friends when I met her? And I literally had to go back and remember. And no, thankfully she didn't. Yeah. Uh, she had a bunch it's of a red flag. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. yeah. Especially when they talk about how, and this is a very kind of trope thing now, but it's, it's very real where they say that they have, they prefer guys as friends because women are too catty. Well, it's like, no, the guys will let you get away with bad behavior because they want to hook up with you. Whereas women will like, they'll call you out on your bullshit. That's what's well, going on there in a lot of cases. compete with them. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's that as well. But yeah, generally speaking, it's just, it's... They don't want the competition. Like, well, who could blame them, right? I think a lot of it's just the ego validation where they get what they want from oh, the guys. The attention right. and validation, lack of competition, lack of accountability, or poor behavior. Mm-hmm. Again, Why? Because the guys want to hook up with them. The women know this. It's all main, they just they maintain that plausible deniability. This can get people in trouble. So not knowing where you're at in that hierarchy, especially for guys who are super blue pill, who think they're the boyfriend. We've seen this on in social media, oh. where the guys like, oh my god, I had this great thing with my girlfriend, and then the girl's like, oh no, we're just friends. My what? I love yeah. you like a brother. You know, and Oof. then the guy's soul's crushed, and you know they didn't realize expectations they just they were out of sync from with reality all right let's see here if she's willing to cheat with you she's willing to cheat on you that's a fair fair approximation yeah she's just okay yeah we've kind of talked about all those already yeah there's some like platitudes in here but you know stuff that's commonly said and there's all nuggets of truth to it but there's we're trying to go a little bit deeper than just the the surface level stuff here I said, let's see. Well, here's one right here. Never ask a woman what kind of guy she wants. She will only tell you the guy her logical mind would want, not the guy that what's around. This is so, so on point. you're yeah, you're gonna hear the 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 PC answer, not the real answer. Always pay attention to what women do, not 
what they say. Oh, All right. I keep I keep calling out Ryan Stone on like every single stream, but he just talked about this. Is like every single thing a woman says is filtered through her emotions and her ego, and so that that's going to keep her from being fully honest, even if she's aware, which most of them aren't aware of it's, what it's they find attractive at a, at a conscious level. An example of how that happens is when girls, when women shut guys down accidentally. Good example of that is if a guy that they're actually interested in approaches approaches them, the woman doesn't have a boyfriend, but she is on autopilot. I I have a boyfriend, and the guy's like, okay, walks off, and you're like, what did I do? I've seen this happen firsthand, and it's like, well, and then they come back and they're like, what what do I do? I'm like, oh, you screwed up. Don't do it in the future. Maybe go talk to him. I I can't. I just told. So they're so wrapped up in their autopilot, the emotional, the, the programming, which I kind of talk. It's. I consider that uh, that emotional filter being a part of it. So, anyway, back to the comments. Definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Absolutely. 100%. Uh, husband material, her, wait for me. I'm not ready to – oh, yeah, we kind of talked about that. Yeah, I'm not ready to settle down yet. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's becoming more and more common that they hmm. – you know, that There's, they want – Yeah. So, so they're – Sure. Yeah. Spiritual no fapper. Looks, money, status are my main pillars of SMV. I hate to break it to you. That's the main pillars of all men's SMV. Yeah. No, I mean, it's. Yeah, I would add game, but. Game and yeah. strong frame is a big piece of it for sure. Yeah. But those three elements are absolutely integral to everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Sometimes you guys describe frame as being a tetrahedron of emotional maturity, intelligence, and looks, but other times you described frame as the strength of your perception of reality. You want to talk about that? That's yeah, a good this is such a good comment. So when you talk about the strength of your perception of reality, how do you develop your worldview? We talked about frame being your mental porn of origin, right? I, I actually pulled up um, Man in the World's article that he wrote on MRP, and we referenced this back in the in the frame episode. And he talks about uh, misconceptions. A lot of guys that are misguided, whether they're you know beta guy or not, they really think that frame is just a mask that you put on. Frame is is your how you are trying to be perceived, and that's not it at all. It's not a mask that you wear. It's not how you want to be seen by other people. It is your view, given your emotional level of maturity right? Your, mm-hmm. your level of, of intelligence, your looks, it really it's your worldview and how you view yourself, how you view others. And it is your inner and authentic self. And only, the only way to have a strong frame is to live congruently with that inner self and express that outwardly um, and in, in a consistent and congruent manner to whatever your worldview is. There's, there's another way that we can look at this that will kind of summarize it pretty succinctly. And you know what that's called? Inner game. So for those that are old PUA style guys, outer game, inner game, what we call frame is what they kind of used to talk about being inner game. It's what Mike just said. The, the, it's that internal compass of how you perceive yourself, mm-hmm. that, that inner perception of your self-worth. Yeah, it's it's not it's not I want to be clear because he he makes the distinction on this word perception. It's not strictly 
perception. It is what you, it's the way you move through life and, and your values and your beliefs, how you make decisions, right? We talked about perspective on one of the last uh, episodes. When you have that perspective and that emotional intelligence and actual, you know, intelligence, that perspective gives you the ability to make comparisons, understand, you know, relationships and other oh. people for what they are, you know, consider a, consider other people's perspectives without necessarily changing your own, not get manipulated. All the things we talked about, like literally episode one. Uh, so when you've got all those things, you can, you can be more kind of an observer. If you want to say like, it's the, yeah, it's your perception of reality. It allows you to observe, but what it really allows you to do is to live your life in a way that is in line with your deepest kind of purpose and, and the things that are meaningful to you. So it's not strictly perception of reality. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to move on to a few questions here. We got uh, the plumber makes a point here. Never marry. Not as long as the state controls her desires in a marriage. I'm not going to speak to the controlling her desire in a marriage, but I will say that when you get married, you're not just marrying her. It's you're marrying her and the state. It's the formation of kind of like a business where you, the state, her, you all come together to form what's called, it's, it's another entity called the marriage. The marriage is similar to a corporation. Whenever you file, you know, uh, articles of incorporation, well, when you file for a marriage, it's through the marriage license and you get your certificate and all that. You're creating a new entity in a legal sense. It's called the marriage. So, and that involves you, her, and the state. And it's one of the only contract laws I know of where the person who violates the uh, the, the tenets of the organization can actually walk away with cash and prizes. So mm -hmm. from that perspective, it's, it's a really screwed up version of contract law. So anyways, uh, for women that don't understand, would you ever buy? It's a question about flowers. I'm not sure. Why that's there. He's drawing a comparison here to what we said about, Oh, you know, right. About wanting to commit mm -hmm. to a woman and, you know, who's, who's, in, in ahead of her prime hmm. right is That's the right. guys that want to the guys that you know are open to commitment and maybe want to start a family and have kids like a lot of guys still want to have kids right uh why would they commit to a woman who is kind of at or past her prime and the reality is like a lot of a lot of problems with pregnancy happen after 30. they just it it's exponentially higher the potential for disaster uh, and especially into your late 30s. We did skip a part here. I actually have to read the comment for the podcast listeners. So yes. the plumber speaks, for the women that don't understand, would you ever buy cut flowers that are in full bloom? And That's what we're getting at. No, you're not. You're, they're going to die within a day or two, period. Yeah. All right. And then the plumber speaks, makes kind of another point here. So it's he wishes. Yeah. In a, so good, he, in a good way. So he wishes that the gigachads out there would stop giving single mothers any attention as well as the beta bucks guys, you know, to starve out the women so that their daughters would not do the same things they did. So we can kind of get into the what about isms and, and the wishing, but if wishes were horses, we'd all be eating steak. Yeah, men, are, men are thirsty. Men yeah. are thirsty and are going to keep, keep at it. It's never yeah. going to, it's never going to go away. The best thing you can do is just distinguish yourself from your peers period. Yep. If you can't be in the top 10%, then be 10% better than your peers. 
You don't have to run faster than the lion. You just have to run faster than Than everybody everybody else, right? Yeah, than the slowest guy. Exactly. That's funny. Uh, No, but we just go back and watch the the sexual marketplace episode. Yep. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, So, Daniel Ernest, he has uh, his hair has started thinning. Just shave it off, dude. Yeah, this is something that uh, Neil Strauss said years ago. I think it was Mystery told it to him, actually. Was that uh, balding isn't a choice, but being bald is. Mm-hmm. When you take that control and you just bick that shit off, it's going to look way better than trying to maintain the comb over and, and cling to whatever little hair you may have left. Because whenever you yeah, do that, that you're fighting nature in a sense. It just screams of desperation. And also, dudes that bick that shit and then grow their goatee, look at the rock. Look at yeah. uh, uh, all the action stars. They've all done it at some point, it seems don't, like. Don't get, me, don't get me off on a beard rant. But if you can grow yeah. the hair on your face, do it. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. The, and just, the other thing yeah. is like the Bruce Willis kind of approach of like just buzz it, buzz it down really short and just keep it nice and, and tidy. And, you know, it'll look, it'll look nice. Uh, Jason Statham's another version of that. Exactly. They, he buzzed it for a while and then he just shaved it. And he's got like the consistent kind of stubble looks. Yeah, it's a good look. It's yep. a it's a great look. Do that. And if you can stay consistent with it, even better. And if you if you have muscles like Jason Statham, then you're you're set. You're Anybody can put can get muscles. We've had some guys who are starting from below average, and they're getting there. They're working on it. And we've talked about this just recently about newbie gains. It's really interesting how that it's just. The energy systems of the body are just so not used to producing that you can produce quite a bit of results in a very short amount of time when you first start tapping them. Mm-hmm. So you'll you'll get up to average and then some within a year. It's very easy to do. You just got to put in the work and have the protein intake. But that's – come on over. We got guys who are training all this stuff, all right? Let's see. Oh, yeah. Move on to the comments. We're getting towards the end here. Um Let's see. It's politics, politics. I'm trying to avoid those because we kind of covered it a little bit, maybe too much in depth earlier. Yeah, there's a comment oh. about politics being cringe. I agree with that. You should just do deadlifts instead. Shibbity dibbity. Uh, speaking of shibbity dibbity, question, question about orbiters. Is a girl having any orbiters a sign that she is keeping someone on the back burner, or is it only if she has a lot? Yes. Yeah, I would say yeah. if, if she's got guys that are kind of especially feeding her attention and validation in a bid to try and get something out of it. Like you can recognize instantly if other guys have covert contracts about things. Once you, once you know, have all this knowledge and pick up on the, the indications. And if a woman is keeping a guy like that around, she appreciates the attention and validation and she sees something in him, right? Whether that's beta game or not. And, and in reality, if women don't have better options, they will, they will get into a relationship with a beta dude, and it doesn't usually end well. Yeah, and a really simple way to check and see if these guys are are, are orbiters is just to see what kind of shit she's texting. Is she sending them beta bait? If she is, then she is roping them in uh, purposely, whether she realizes it or not. It's one of the subconscious things. Sometimes yeah. it's overt. So what? What you have to what you have to kind of look out for is if she is actively 
being if she's actively dismissing and shutting down that attention then that's that's the positive sign right like not necessarily yeah. if she has guys in her life because you know who knows what she was doing before you met her uh but the reality is like if if you are worth the time and attention she is going to direct her attention and time toward you and she's going to yeah. i don't want to say outright reject but she's certainly going to be dismissive of that attention and validation from other guys if if you're a high value guy, if you're worth yeah. it. Now, a really simple red flag to look for is if she's texting guys all afternoon, all evening, all night. If she's got a constant stream of guys, she's chatting up on Facebook via text, via Instagram. You got yourself an attention hoe. That's just the way it is. So just be mindful of uh, keeping your expectations in check. Realize it might only be your turn if that's the case. Uh, maybe yeah. that you guys do have some sort of moment where she realizes that she isn't going to get better because you have amped up your uh, your status, your game, your presentation, all of it. So this is kind of what the original 100 series was all about, was improving yourself to be the best version of yourself. And if you do that, especially if this is one of the interesting things, is when you're in a relationship, if there's a lot of uh, foundational problems, mm -hmm. when you maximize yourself in that sense, when you optimize yourself, a lot of those issues go away, especially when they start seeing that you have other options. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting how that can fix things. This is actually the, the, the whole concept of the uh, Apple K book, the, uh, the Married Man Sex Life Primer, the whole the map. Back then, I think it was the, the male attraction plan or something like that. He changed the name to be more friendly. But yeah, the whole concept was to make yourself the most attractive version of yourself and then if the relationship does fall, then at least that way you're ready to go for the next one. You're going to have a much easier way of attracting women when you've got your shit together. So even yeah. if the relationship does fall apart and she doesn't follow your lead and kind of fall into your frame and, and, and things don't work out, oh, well, you still have other options. Yeah, it's the difference between like – there's a great post today about the dread ladder with um, – I think it was Ty Red Biggums on MRP about you know don't actually – run dread as a covert contract it's just a recipe for disaster now he goes so far as to say like all dread is a covert contract and i disagree with that but that's it, it's a little bit off topic um i guess my point in bringing that up was when you talk about the your motivations for doing something right of if you're going to go through all this self-improvement don't do it don't do it with the one goal in mind of, you know, we talk about don't make women your mission. Don't make a woman your mission. Yep. Don't do all this stuff just to go out and get laid. Like do it to be a better person. And that will put you in a position to have better options. That's the difference between a strategy and a particular motive of I want it. Boom. I want to actually go, you know, get laid. That's my goal. Yep. How about just being a more attractive person and expressing your sexuality and having more options at your disposal. How about that? So I think we're going to have to limit this one to one more question. I like what small wall has. There's a few other questions I want to address just in a second, but this is, this is a good one here. Girls seek male validation and attention. An orbiter is a way of getting that without sex. Mike, you have the, the best quote on that. Which quote is that? Uh, the one about validation and attention being oh yeah yeah sex for yeah it it it's not that it's not that validation and attention is like sex for women it is sex for women 
Like once they've got the validation and attention, they don't need you for anything else, guys. That's it. And that this is why that this beta game doesn't work of like, let me give her some validation and attention and it's going to work out for me on the back end here. Like she'll suddenly be attracted to me. Nope. She literally doesn't need you for anything else right. at that point. All right. So we will move right through here. So uh, daddy DTC, nice to see you. So happy, Daniel. Happy birthday DTC. Yes. And uh, yeah, happy birthday. Uh, so Daniel, you ask, how do you fix or repair your frame? Shibity asks, how do you tell the difference between a normal male friend and an orbiter? And then Shibby asks, what do you mean by beta bait? All three are very great three questions. Great questions. Come on over to Discord for the after show, and we will address those coming mm -hmm. up next.